All right, welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk for Fans by Fans. Brian here. I got Alex and Tages with me. Going to break down another week of sports. And it's Super Bowl week, so you can't really beat that. But before we get started, please thank you for the support, listening, uh, share, subscribe. We appreciate that. Leaving a review for the podcast. Also on our Facebook page, which if you want to search for Sports Talk for Fans by Fans, you can find us there also where we post a bunch of polls and interact with everyone. So let's get right into this. Guys, let's do the one minute and then let me know kind of what you think of anything that may have happened here before we, we kind of transition over to Super Bowl talk and some other things. So with the one minute, with the shot clock, let's get started. Trevor Bauer cleared of charges, uh, you know, which ended his season short last year. And Vegas Hotus did two dud events, at least in my opinion. NHL went for a full-on three-on-three all-star game, but they only had seven defensemen total playing. Kind of a weird fit. Uh Especially, you know, defensemen don't really get to be as much. Uh, the NFL Pro Bowl is a complete joke with two-hand touch and a bunch of weird gimmicks that they try to pull off for the skills competition. Trade deadline's rolling up on us tomorrow, uh, depending on which day you listen to it. So it's on Thursday. MLB is no closer to starting. It uh, looks like they're going to have to get delayed. NFL coaches are now all hired. Tuka Rask returns this year after surgery, and then ends up retiring after a couple weeks for the Bruins. Jeremy Giambi is dead. Uh, Alexa Morgan and uh, Repione, or however you say her name, accuses U.S. Soccer Federation for not protecting their players from abusive coaches. Interesting. Bradley Beal has surgery. is out for the year. Lakers are currently in shambles, just getting annihilated by the Bucks recently. Harden wants out of Brooklyn, apparently. Roger Goodell says the NFL fell short of the diversity coaching hires, despite two last three being technically minorities. And guys, it's time for the Super Bowl. And also this weekend, UFC 271. Guys, the must-watch. Uh, Tuivasa, the heavyweight. The dude knocks people out, and then he drinks beers out of worn shoes. Disgusting and amazing at the same time. So, Alex, if you want to go first, is there anything in this uh, this last week that kind of stood out as interesting? Well, I'll say one thing about the Pro Bowl. We found out what's faster in nature. The lion is faster than the cheetah because Michael Parsons uh, beat Tyreek Hill on technicality foot race. Technicality, but he still beat him. Best man alive in football, apparently. Uh, Tejas, what about you? I, I don't know if you guys heard heard this, but all is not well in Lakerland. Uh, I got such a kick out of like LeBron James quote yesterday being like, uh, yeah, we, we might have to, we're not that good or something like, you know, is it, it's like the, the Japanese soldier that continued to fight after world war two was over for 20 years. Like, you know, it's a very slow realization. And then it's like the Lakers reporters still just are like, you know, Hey, maybe we can't, trade Taylor Horton Tucker for Jesus and picks, but maybe just for Jesus, you know, it's just, it's like, <laughs> I, I'm loving this disaster and it's going to continue. Yeah. LeBron admitting that we're not on the same level as the bucks, which uh, not a good thing. The Lakers now 26, 29. And I, yeah, I love this because I saw the other day that the Lakers still have better odds than the bulls to win the NBA championship, which is insane to me. That that's still a thing. I think the Lakers were at plus one thousand. I think the Bulls were plus fifteen hundred. Um, I just 
I don't get it. I don't see it. I'm loving it because everyone, at least the big media, said that the Lakers were going to be just fine and have another title run in them. So uh, let's move on to the big week coming up, which is Super Bowl time. Really quickly, guys, that UFC. Have you guys seen that UFC guy I'm talking about? The dude that legit has knocked everyone out and just drinks beer out of <laughs> he shoes. Looks, he looks like a guy that drinks a lot of beers out of shoes. Oh my yeah, he's God. got a very Mark Hunnish. Mark Hunnish. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's a young Mark Hunt. It's it, he's on the pay per view card, and you know if you can, uh, if you want to pay for it, uh, I don't. But if you can somehow watch it, not going to say how. If you can somehow watch it, dude, <laughs> if he's not the main fight, he's the second fight. The dude is amazing. It's a good matchup too. Uh, someone's going to get knocked out, but every time he drink, every time he wins, he fills his shoe that he was wearing walking up to the ringside with beer and chugs the whole thing down. Have and now that everyone has seen this. No. Ryan, have you ever drank a beer out of his shoe or Alex? We will never. I mean, okay, I won't say okay. I will never. Willingly, no, I won't do that. For money, yes, I'll do it. I may have done it for women's shoes, but I'm not confirming <laughs> nor denying that. That's classy as hell, Alex. I like that. Um, but yeah, no. So like, it, this is a thing now when after he wins his fights, when he's walking down the aisle, it, it's actually quite disgusting. The fans are lining up their shoes. They'll take their shoes off and pour their beers in them, and he'll drink them. And I, it's almost to the point where it's it makes me uncomfortable because that's really disgusting. Like drinking someone else's beer out of someone else's shoe, right? Like that's like a stone cold Steve Austin man of the people with even a grosser, yeah. Uh, I love it. I love it though. It's yeah, yeah, it's I, amazing. I like it. He's probably immune to COVID now because of that. So oh, dude, he's yeah, got a good yeah, immune I, system. Yeah, nothing is killing him now. All right, let's move on to uh, some Super Bowl talk. So, guys, this is uh, the best part of uh, Super Bowl is, let's be honest, the betting. So, uh, do you guys have any bets pulled up? Any bets you want to talk about? Anything you find interesting? Tages, I'll kind of let you lead that one off first for the Super Bowl. Yeah, and the first thing I just want to talk about is, is MVP odds. Uh, you know, that's always one of my favorite ones to bet. Uh, this one's like Matt Stafford's the pretty clear favorite at plus 125. Burroughs plus 225, Cups uh, plus 550, Donald's plus 1,200, Jamar Chase is plus 2,000, and kind of goes up from there. Uh, that's always one if, like, you think this Bengals are going to win, you know, Burrow at plus 225 is something, like, I like better than probably uh, – I think you get better odds on it than betting the Bengals. Yep. Um, Alex, do you have any bets that you pulled up? Any game time or other types of bets? Yes, um, I love the prop bets, particularly um, one of them I've always historically loved, and that is the winner, whoever wins the Super Bowl, which uh, or the winning team side, obviously the uh, Gatorade bath. What color is the Gatorade bath? So we got here. Um, I just put up a website. Blue is at plus uh, 230. Orange is at plus 270. Um, orange is kind of and blue have kind of been kind of the lead dogs in the last couple of years. I think in the last 10 Super Bowls, orange has won four, blue has run three times. Um, and then you followed by none by the Patriots one year, they didn't use none. Bill Belichick obviously is not fun, bummer. Um, and then we got purple in the background as well, and we also have yellow for some reason. I don't know what it is. This is me personally. There's a biases against Fruit Punch Red. I don't know why that's not on here. I'm a little bit upset by that. That's my favorite. And yeah, Brian, I know I see you squinting. Grape nope. isn't my favorite. It's I'm Fruit Punch. Saying, I'm not saying it. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, so I yeah, I got some weird bets. I look at more like what's the weirdest thing I can find. Uh, I, maybe this is it. 
Um, so I found a prop bets for commercials because I'm hoping that we have a comeback and surge. Like it's bad because the game to me is third behind commercials and the halftime show right now. So it's a really weird situation to be in. But guys, what's the uh, what are you guys thinking on uh, how many commercials have dogs in them? The over under is set at six and a half. You guys want to throw out a. Uh, if we'll have more than six and a half bet or commercials on with dogs in them. That's Alex? pretty good. I, I would probably take the over. I yeah, I'll take the dog over. in a truck. <clears throat> yeah, it's what the Budweiser, right? There's always the Budweiser dog in in like horse Horses. or whatever. Like horse. Too bad. Yeah. Um, too bad. Pets.com dried up in 1999. They would have killed that over. Yeah, maybe they're gonna have to come back. So that's that's the one I'm going to be looking at uh, the most. And then the other one I found, the one I always like to look at, is the Super Bowl MVP. I'm not gonna bet on who the MVP is. That's already covered. I want to talk about who he's going to mention first in his speech. And this, my friends, is where God comes second. So the 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 clear winner on the betting odds is that he'll thank his teammates first as a minus 125. Uh, then he'll thank God. After that, as a plus two twenty five, so you put a hundred dollars down on God, you win two hundred twenty five dollars, guys. Um, so I feel like Stafford that, would thank God, and Burrow would yeah. probably just be amazingly entertaining and not thank God. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it says it's teammates, then God, then family members and family, then city coach owner at plus two thousand, and then sixteen plus sixteen hundred as does not mention any of the above. So yeah, so I mean, yeah, if I agree with you on Stafford on God. Which one do you think uh, Joe Burrows would go? Is, is it easy money on the city or the teammates? Probably teammates. I, I feel like he'd be throwing out, having a really good time. Yeah. He's a man of the people. He definitely is. All right. So, all right. So that's some weird bets that we found. Um, obviously, if you guys want to bet on more, we'll probably we are going to post more polls. Uh, pretty much starting tomorrow, leading up, we're going to start posting the who do you think is going to win, and then maybe some other kind of weird odds and bets and kind of other things leading up to the Super Bowl. So please join us on that discussion on the page. Uh, and we'll just kind of go from there on that. Um, next, what we're going to do is this is how we're going to determine who we think is going to win the Super Bowl. We're going to go down position by position and we're going to kind of get between me and Alex, give out who we think. So Alex, well, it, whatever our agreement is on, you know, two for the Rams, for example, or it's a push between two different ones. We'll write those all down. Who has the most, we'll pick that as our, who we're deciding to win essentially. And then at the very end of that, we'll do some, uh, we'll list the odds and make other predictions. All right. So Alex, going with this first, going to the quarterback first. Do you think Burroughs is the better quarterback or Matt Stafford? Ooh, I got Burrow. I can't, I can't not have Burrow. I would normally go Burrow, but I think other things are mapping in. They could be a push, but Bur I think, <sighs> Because Stafford, I think, is in a he's he's got a better offensive system, I think. But I'm We're gonna take Burrow just to keep it strictly quarterback. I know, I know, but there's other yeah. things that go into it. But I'll, I'll take Burrow. I'll take Burrow. All right, all right. I mean, that, that's all the Bengals have, right? So, um, running back. So Joe Mixon, and I guess you know even the backup had a touchdown last against the Chiefs. But <clears throat> the running backs on the Bengals, led by Mixon, or Running backs on the Rams, led by Akers and Sony Michelle. Going with Mixon. Uh, yep, yep, I agree. Going Mixon. All right, so we got a clean sweep going. Uh, 
I think this is probably the most difficult one to break down, Alex, the wide receiver room. <clears throat> you got, you know, Cooper Cup and OBJ and Van Jefferson. And on the other side, you got T. Higgins, um, you know, and you got Jamar Chase and my boy, uh, Trent Taylor, and, and, and other wide receivers there. But who do you think has the better wide receiver room between the two? I got to go Rams. Even even with Taj Boyd, is the difference makers a third? Like over maybe, uh, you know, over what's his name? Van Jefferson. You going Rams? I'm going Rams because I I, I, I got to go the, the best wide receiver technically stats this year. So I got to go Rams. Okay. Is that just because of, uh, I guess that's just you're on Cooper, full on Cooper Cup. He can't be stopped. Um. All right. You know, I'll, oh, man, that's tough. Because Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup are essentially kind of they almost are the same, and then Higgins I, maybe is a level below OBJ when OBJ is actually fully involved in this offense. So yeah, I think I'll go Rams also. All right, moving on to tight ends. This maybe is one of the more difficult ones to predict because uh, both of them are coming in kind of hurt, and I'm not really sure really the status still of them. Tyler Higby on the Rams side, and then Uzama on CG Uzama on the Bengal side. Alex, to me, I, I'm going straight to push. Um, I think this is like the least impact position with them both being hurt. I'm going to push on these two. What, what do you do? What are you picking? I'm pushing, but I think if they're both fully healthy, I go Higby. All right. Offensive line, Alex, um, I'm not even going to ask you that question because we've complained and bitched about the Bengals offensive line enough that I don't, uh, unless you want to tell me that you're going to go on a shocker here, are you going to pick Bengals offensive line for some reason? I'll pick the Rams, but I'm not too sure the Rams are just the, greatest line of all time, but they're better than the Bengals line. Here's the PFS from left tackle to right tackle. The grading up on other ones for the Bengals are 25th, 26th, 35th, 81st out of 82nd. That's insanely impressive to be that bad. And 77 out of 83rd. So the right side of the Bengals line is atrocious. The Rams offensive line in terms of grades, 4th best, 38th best out of 82, 9th best, 27th best, 6th best. So the Rams have three top 10 people. Pretty damn good. So defensive line uh, on the Rams side, Donald, uh, Deshaun Robinson, uh, or Ashawn, sorry, Robinson. On the Bengals side are my defensive ends. I love Hubbard and Hendrickson. Alex, uh, I'm going Rams. I, I, you know, Aaron Donald and I, Von Miller, I guess, and Floyd are tactically linebackers slash defensive ends. So I think I give this one to the Rams. What about you? So we're going defensive ends or are we going <clears throat> defensive line? Defensive line. Defensive line is a unit. Okay. Okay, I'm going, I'm going Rams. Rams, okay. Do you think that I'll one's close? Just two, two yep. things I like is long shot Super Bowl uh, MVP bets. It's there we Vaughn go. Miller at plus uh, 33 to 1. So, you know, and oh. then uh, oh. Aaron Donald, it, it, it varied, I've seen it vary between 12, plus 12 and plus, plus 1200 and plus 1700. So you're 12 to 1 between 17 to 1. And so yeah. if you think uh, Ben, you know, Bengals offensive line sucks and then these two studs can tee off, uh, you know, I, that's, that, those are some bets I like. No, I I'm love just that. Just it off the top, top of my head, have we ever had a two-time non-quarterback MVP in the Super Bowl? No, because Von, yeah, Von Miller won it as a Bronco, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, <clears throat> his grade has been really good. Uh, he's, he's a 90 grade, which um, – is in line with his whole career. And uh, when you get a lineup with the next Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd, and among other people, you're going to be better. I mean, like I said, the right side of that line is very bad. And Von Miller is going to be lining up on that side. So that could be a sneaky good, a sneaky good one. 
between Miller and Donald there. That's a good one, Tejas. Um, linebacker room, probably really bad linebackers. Um, you know, Pratt and uh, Pratt, Logan Wilson uh, on the Bengals side, uh, and I think Marcus Bailey is their starting linebacker. And then on Rams side, they're kind of listed as a three-four, but we've already had Miller and Floyd as the defensive ends. So this is really. Um, you know, they have, uh, I think Troy reader and Jones. I'm trying to remember Ernest Jones, I think. And their yeah. grades are 36 and 74th, uh, out of, you know, 80 something linebackers and the Bengals linebackers, 58th and 38th out of 80 something linebackers. So Alex, um, I think I'm giving my push to the Bengals. I think this is the, I think this is the only weakness on the Rams is the linebackers. Who, who are you taking? Yeah, I was, <clears throat> I was thinking for a second. Because the the linebackers for the Bengals have really upset me every, all year. Like when I expect the Bengals to play really good defensively, the linebackers kind of crap the bed at times. Um, but I'm going to go with the Bengals. I think the uh, the Bengals. I trust them more. I think um, the Rams linebacker core, the middle part of it, will be get better because you know coming a little bit younger, Jones. But I, I'm going with the the, the Bengals right now. All right, cornerback, I think uh, I'm going to hands down Rams just because of how good my boy Jalen Ramsey is. What about you? Hmm. You know Ozie what? Is 15th out of 120. You know Eli what? Apple, I'm, 73rd, yeah. Yep, I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to say the Bengals cornerbacks. I'm going to go give the Bengals the quarterback lead for the second back. Yeah, Wuzi and Mike Hilton. They've been balling out all year. And you can say whatever about Eli Apple and even Hargraves. These guys are first-round busts. They've given them something. I think with the Rams, Jalen Rams is hands down the best corner to me in the league. But after that, I really don't trust any others, even though they've played really well at times. But I'm about the system. I'm going, I'm going with the Bengals. Hey, uh, Tejas, do you have Super Bowl odds on OBJ if he wins MVP? I do. Uh, he's plus 2,500. Oh. Coming from the Browns spite game against the Bengals. I may be interested on that one right there. So, all right, uh, let's move over to the safety. Alex, I put us down up for a push on that one for safeties. Von Bell, who's one of the best safeties in football, uh, and, and Bates, Jesse Bates, a pretty damn good tandem. Uh, and then on the Ram side, you have, uh, Scott, who's actually had made some Nick Scott's filled in and made some big plays in this playoff run. Um, and then rap, uh, the other say Taylor rap, the other safety, I, obviously Eric Whittle, you got that savvy vet with a nice beard, but I'm going Bengals by a landslide at safety. What about you? Oh yeah. I'm going Bengals. Um, the Rams safety course still a little bit banged up. I really kind of don't know who's going to be playing, um, come Sunday. We probably know a little bit more about the injury report on Thursday or Friday. But yeah, I'm I'm going Bengals. Uh, special teams. Uh, McPherson has been the hottest player in football besides Joe Burrows, I think. So I'm even though the Rams, I think, have the best punter in football. I'm going to go uh, special teams push to the Bengals. What about you? Um, I'm put push, but I think the Rams actually have a little bit better of a return game than the Bengals do. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm gonna go to Rams. I'm gonna go to Rams. I think the kick return, punt return kind of feel with the Rams. I think they're a little bit better than Bengals are. So I'm going Rams. All right. Next one go uh go on the coach side for the coaches. Did Zach Taylor come from the uh Sean McVay tree? Yep, quarterback coach. Okay, so 
you know, the one thing that with McVeigh that worries me is he, he, they will get a lead. I, they always get a lead. And then he's very conservative. That's the only concern I have with him. And his previous Super Bowl experience, you know, they only put up what six points yet. You can blame Jared Goff or whatever you want, but, um, you know, I, I'm going to give the push on this one to Zach Taylor, just cause I think they, he's playing and coaching with nothing to lose. And I think that's scary. What about you? I'm going to give it to the Rams because I look at not just their offense, but the defensive side of the football. Um, I, I trust their defensive coaching staff a little bit more than I trust Cincinnati's defense. Even though Cincinnati's defensive coaching staff have coached their butts off because we keep uh, you keep hearing about me up and down. One week I love their defense. Next week I'm like, where was it at? So I'm actually going to give the Rams a coaching edge. And then it's like it's McVeigh. McVeigh is the teacher of Zach Taylor, okay? So you, the, the, st- the student has to prove something to the teacher, but I think the teacher's still going to own them, so I'll go Rams. All right, last one. Who do you think has the biggest potential X factor in this game? For me, I'm just going Bengals' Jamar Chase. I feel like he's the one person that arguably may not be able to be stopped, even if it's Jalen Ramsey on him. What about you? I'm going to go on the Rams side as an X factor because this is something um, we know the stars are going to show. It's about the other guys who don't show. So I'm actually going to go somewhere like the running game. I'm going to go uh, Cam Akers. I think if the Rams somehow, some way, get a running game, you talk about conservative. Uh, when they got up on the, the <clears throat> excuse me, they got up Tampa Bay, they tried to run the ball. They couldn't run the ball. They started fumbling the ball. If Cam Akers has a game, or even Sean and Michelle, they together, the running game, they get a running game. It, I mean, the Bengals don't have a chance. All right. So grading the score, that's uh, three for the Rams, four for the Bengals, and then we have, I think, one, two, three, four pushes. So, you know, depending on even just like grading out who's a better position group, it's pretty fair. Uh, however, spread is set at four in favor of the Rams. So with all the everything we just talked about, Tejas, you want to go first and let us know who you, you're taking with that spread, that minus four Rams? I like the Rams. Uh, you know, they've been my Super Bowl pick for, you know, kind of throughout the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I, I think that defense might just turn tee off and get some turnovers. Alex, you want to go next? I'm going to take the Rams. But I've been de- the points is the thing about it to me. I know the Rams are going to win, but the points is what it is. I'll t- go ahead and take the points because sometimes in the Super Bowl, they're not as close as sometimes as you would think they need to be. So I could see the Rams stretching past that four. So I'll, I'll take the Rams. I just want to throw out really quickly before I make my pick. The Niners are three and one against all the teams in the Super Bowl. So screw those teams. Um, but with this, I'm going to go Bengals. So my logic in this is Sean McVay once again, because I, you know, I get to watch him play. You know, they have a great team, but they don't put teams away. And what did we see the Bengals do twice against the Chiefs recently? did not get put away, came back, made it a game, and just made, somehow pulled off wins. I think, you know, once again, I also think the Bengals just have nothing to lose. I think it's just very dangerous. So it could be interesting. But, you know, at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised, obviously, if the Rams win. So I think this is a tough one about Bengals just for that logic. So, Hey, Brian, um, over-under is 48.5. What do you guys think as far as uh, high scoring, low scoring? Alex, what, what do you think? Oh, it's going to be an over. Um, I, I think it's going to be over. I think it's going to be a little bit scoring. I think both teams are going to be solid in the high 20s. How about you, Brad? I'm leaning towards under. Um, yeah, I'm just leaning to, I don't know. I just feel like these two teams are going to come out kind of hesitant and 
I don't know. I just think Super Bowl, there's too much time to prepare and, you know, just doesn't go as well as we always think it's going to go sometimes. I'm going to go under. What about you? I, I'm kind of leaning towards under, and that's why I think it could be ugly, and that's why I might do this uh, Vaughn Miller Hell uh, Mary bet. I think that'll be I a, like it. That's my angle this weekend. Joe Burrow's going to get sacked nine times. We've seen it happen before. <laughs> they could happen, and they still won that game. So um, <clears throat> it's, it's possible. Um it's definitely very possible. All right. So that's everything for Super Bowl talk. Let's move on to NBA. We're going to talk quickly about NBA trade deadline stuff. For the trade deadline, it's coming out tomorrow. We had a, a four, maybe five major trades that happened. Uh, and then we got a couple other questions at the end. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of break down the trade. Then I'll ask you guys to make your opinion on who you guys think won the trade. And maybe and we'll kind of maybe discuss uh, why the teams made these trades. But the first one is... Between the Clippers and the Trailblazers, the Clippers getting Norman Powell and Robert Covington from the Blazers. A lot of people instantly questioned didn't like this trade, but the Portland gets Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a second-round pick in 2025. Um, I, just uh, The initial reaction by everyone is the Clippers got the better end of the deal. What, what do you think? I, I agree with that, but I do put the caveat in there in terms of what's Portland going to be able to do with this cap space. And I yep. also don't think it's necessarily a bad move for them to kind of go into a complete tank. You know, this is a lost season with Dame being hurt. Um, you know, kind of just try and, you know, hail Mary on the like uh, the lottery pick being good and then kind of rebuilding from there with cap, although it's it's not easy to get people to come to Portland. The, well, I'll say my part about Portland after this next part. Uh, let's do let's talk to the other Portland trade really quick. Um, Alex, the other Portland trade, Portland got Josh Hart from the Pelicans, Tomas uh, Sitoransky, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, um, Luzanda, a 2022 protected first-round pick and two second-round picks. The Pelicans get CJ McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., Tony Snell. So once again, it kind of looks like Portland, uh, initial reaction once again is Portland does not get the better part of the trade. Before I say my part, who do you think won this trade, Alex? <clears throat> I think I think Pelicans did. And uh, I kind of was shocked that the Pelicans did it for the simple fact that um, Pelicans kind of were at the bottom of the conference. So it's like they're not going anywhere. Or if they do somehow make a match, go somewhere, they're going to be a play-in game at the bottom. Um, but they needed to do something to kind of – we've been here too much whispering about Zion not being happy there, even though he hasn't played. And they needed to do something to kind of show him that they were willing to do something. Uh, the Trailblazers thing – uh, cap space is great, but no one no one signs in Portland. The last start they had was Aldridge, and he left. I mean, he just straight left. So I don't see anybody, except if they have assets to trade for something, but I don't see anybody signing and coming to Portland. For the Pelicans, uh, to just starting rotation, even without Zion, is uh, Big V is there, Herbert Jones, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, Devontae Graham. Uh, they're right, currently the 10th seed, so – do you think they can kind of sit in there and with this team and maybe hope Zion comes back towards the end of the year? Do you think they can, you know, win a game in the in the playing format? Probably not. And I mean, so you know, one of the things is, is, is do they view this trade as McCollum being a great spit like fit with Zion as like a spot up shooter, and is that why they did it, or do they view it as like? Zion might not come back all season, so let's give Ingram a second scoring option. 
So it, it, it's interesting. I don't know yeah. what this means in as, in terms of uh, Zion's health. Do, do you have any thoughts on that? I, to, from what I read, it, they want to improve their three-point shooting because the team is atrocious three-point shooting, and CJ McCollum does that. So, you know, in terms of Zion, though, I, I couldn't get a, a read on that one, Tejas. Um, but the part I do want to say about Portland with this, a lot of people are kind of negative on the Portland trades. The one thing that is a positive out of this is now they they do have multiple first-round picks. They do have more balance in their team because uh, Anthony Simmons is the young point guard coming up that they can pair with Dame in the backcourt. Josh Hart, you know, kind of shooting guard, small forward with, uh, and they have, you know, a good, a good center there. Uh, on top of that, they have 60 million in cap space and two first round picks. So, you know, Tages, do you think that's enough to keep Dame there? Cause to me, I think if you sell that to him that, Hey, we can bring another superstar in with you and two other above average players and two first round picks. I, I feel like that's a good thing to propose to him. Do you, do you agree on that or, or no? I think it might blow up on them. Uh, you know, I, I just don't think that I'm like Anthony Simons and him are a small backcourt that I don't think will be able to defend anybody. And then, uh, you know, Nurkic is me, you know, I wouldn't consider him that, that above average. So just, you know, it's a really untalented roster. And like I said, you know, they, they just need to get very lucky on their lottery pick. And I'm, I agree with you guys as far as no one's coming to Portland, probably, uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's rough. Yeah, I mean, and if you're looking at the free agents, you know, the big name free agents, Harden is technically Westbrook, Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving. Uh, outside of that, there's really no one that's going to be a difference maker. So, yeah, that could be it could be a tough sell right on that. All right, um, <clears throat> let's move on to the next one we got here. Cavs, Alex got Chris LeVert, uh, you know, the young prospect once with uh, Brooklyn that they traded to blow up that team and kind of rebuild with the three superstars. Got Levert in a 2022 second round pick. The Pacers got Rubio, obviously kind of dumping contract, uh, and a lottery protected first round pick, uh, second round pick, and then a 2027 second round pick. So, Alex, do you think that's a good long term move for uh, getting Levert? Because, I mean, it, it seems like they have a really good starting five. I just don't know how much of that depth you can trust after that. Yeah, I like to trade extras for both teams because, you know, the Pacers, you know, um, you know they're. they're they knew what they were getting. Uh, they knew you're getting, you're basically getting a paying to dump somebody paying you to dump salary when a player you don't want. So, and then obviously the Levert thing, the Levert thing shot me more for the calf side of it for the simple fact. Usually, when you, at this time you have buyers or sellers, I didn't think the Cavs would be a buyer at the time. I thought they'd probably stand pat, maybe look at some future stuff, but um, they think highly of them, and they're they're a top seed in the Eastern Conference right now. And the way the Eastern Conference is right now in the, in the flux, uh, we talked about Brooklyn earlier. We talked about a couple of other teams in the Eastern Conference that are in flux right now. I mean, I think the Cavs think maybe, you know, with them, maybe they can get a little bit deeper than you thought. I mean, the first thought, my thought was they're going to be out in the first round, possibly. Maybe they're a second round. Maybe, heck, they get hot. Maybe they may even be a comp, uh, Eastern Conference team there. So, um, But it shocked me a little bit. But I, I think it, it's going to work out for both teams. Yeah, right now the Cavs are in fourth place at 33 and 21. They're only a game and a half out of first, technically. So, I mean, they just, you know, I I didn't think they were going to stay around. I thought they were going to fall off. You know, it looks like I'm wrong. Do you think the Cavs can win a couple rounds here, or do you think this is a, a learning experience where they lose the first round? Because right now they're matched up against the 76ers. That's that's a tough matchup. But if there's any team going against Embiid that has bigs, that that's this is the one team that could give them problems, right? 
Yeah, no, they definitely can defend better than anyone, but I, I don't think that they get through the first round. Just you look at the East, and I, you know, I like I love the teams that are kind of creeping up now: Toronto, Boston. Like there's there's not any uh, easy outs in the East, and um, you know I think that the inexperience and uh, you know just um, some of these other teams maybe having a little more pop might uh, hurt the Cavs in the end. All right, so. Uh... The fourth trade we got here, we're just going to quickly name out the two kind of pieces that got traded. It's a three-way trade. The Jazz got Nikhil Alexander-Wagner, uh, who was previously traded. Spurs, Pick, and Sadoransky. And the Blazers got Joe Ingles. Uh, so it looked like the you know, Joe Ingles is hurt. I know that. But to the Blazers, making moves just to make moves, it looks like. But we're going to skip that one and go to the last one and kind of ask you guys. I want to ask both your opinions on this last one. This is the biggest trade that happened so far. Sabonis went to the Kings, which is kind of – I think it's kind of a confusing move to the Kings. A lot of things you're reading is that uh, there's ball-dominant people there already, so Sabonis needs a ball also. How's that going to work? But the Kings get Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, and a second-round pick in 2027. Pacers get Halliburton, which I think shocked a lot of people, uh, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. So an initial reaction is that the Pacers may have gotten the better, better part of that trade because it also allows Miles Turner to run its more natural position at center. But uh, Alex, you want to go first? What were your thoughts on that trade? Who do you think won that one? My initial thoughts was I was shocked, and I kind of was starting listening a little bit to Adrian Wojnarowski about this trade, about how shocked that Tyrese Halliburton's traded. I mean, he was a young asset, that a pretty good coming and rising young star, and they traded him. And I think even Wojnarowski said some of the other teams didn't even know he was on the trading block. And other teams, like, if we knew he was on the trading block, we would have offered more for Halliburton. They would have got more for Halliburton. Um I, I don't know exactly personally what Sacramento is doing. I mean, I, I mean, you guys probably know a little bit more than me, but I, I, my hands up in here, like what what's going on? Um, but I think the Pacers won it for the simple fact you got rid of Levert. Uh, you know, you have to get move him. You got picks for him, and now you got you know Halliburton, Buddy Hill to kind of pair with Miles Turner. I know Miles Turner was kind of on the train, but I don't think he's going to get traded now. Now that they made these moves, but that's kind of how I think. Yeah, it looks like it looks like he's going to stay put. But uh, Tay, just what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, no, I was kind of surprised and don't know what Sacramento's doing. I know, I know, it like some people really do, um, you know, respect Sabonis's game, but you know, it's just that having that Halliburton under this super reasonable salary, um, and you know, he's someone that I just I would trust him over Fox. You know, I, I, I so I think it's maybe a commitment to Fox and getting clearing and saying we'll get you a good big and we'll get this other guy that's taking usage out of your your way but i i disagree with it i think Halliburton's a really good player yeah the things i've read is fox is uh at a sell low time right now and Halliburton is potentially at this highest the highest you can sell him if you're going to look at it that way but the downside for the kings is you've now harrison Barnes running small forward which he's better at power forward so bonus moves a power forward and he probably is not as great there uh, but then you have Richard Holmes, who can't space. He can only play defense. And now you have this weird kind of situation with three bigs there that aren't really suited to fit their best position. Um, you know, it's kind of confusing. It just kind of looks like it, the Kings are just kind of like that team that in every sports, every sport has that one team that just man- manages. And it kind of looks like the Kings are, are that for basketball, unfortunately. <clears throat> so these are the trades that happened. We still got one day left. Are there any other trades that you guys want to see happen or have heard any rumors on happening? Well, you know, I'm not going to let you leave here without talking about a little oh. Ben Simmons. Um, yeah. yeah. Just while we're on Halliburton, do you guys think Maury messed up? And if Halliburton and contracts were on the table, you know, Buddy Heald and say like um, 
you know, um, Harrison Barnes or something like that to just fill up the, the Simmons salary. Do you think Maury should have jumped on that? Uh, Alex, what do you think? I think Maury put himself in a corner, and I think sometimes egos go into it. I think Maury would have to look at it as I, I stole the uh, – you know, certain players and certain compensation for Ben Simmons. I think he it have to be a trade where it's like, okay, um, proverbially saying that this and any person, but hey, the Sixers trade raped somebody. You know, just in the profitable, not in the physical form. I'm not trying to say anybody need rate or anything like that. But they had to take it. So, they have to have taken so much from a particular team where more can say, hey, I got the better of this trade. I think that's what he was looking for. I don't think he would have sell. I think he would have asked for more. Brian, do you think they should have jumped on that if that was on the table? No, I don't think that's enough for Ben Simmons. If you've held out this long, I think um, the path they need to go down is is the other question I was going to ask you guys, which which is tied to the to James Harden. Um, but I don't know for me if that's enough for Ben Simmons because Buddy Heald is a great kind of shooter. He's not really he doesn't really defend. Halliburton has overplayed his per, his kind of projecting rejection i'm not sure if that's enough for me if you gave me those guys in like two first round picks i, I think i would do that kind of trade tages but that's probably it's probably it um with me saying that part about james harden though that's the other question uh, what, what are your thoughts on the whole james harden ben simmons rumors oh one last thing i'll say too is um you know, the, there was a Sacramento-Philly game, and I'll, I'll get into your question in one second, Brian, but there was a Sacramento-Philly yeah, yeah. game about two weeks ago where Halliburton put up 38 <clears throat> and then Bede put up 36, and it was just like those two going at each other. And, you know, it's like some of those things where it's like you see this guy put up 38 on you. I I, I, I was thinking this this could be the Ben Simmons move. But uh, apparently Daryl Morey had very much uh, has his eyes on James Harden. All the tampering is in. I think that Harden's camp, the most recent reports are saying now that he, he might want out of Brooklyn, like as, as the, you know, sources say kind of thing. So, you know, we'll see if this happens. Uh, they're reporting today that they're in talks uh, and that they also want a Maxi or Maxi and uh, Thibault is the latest I've heard on that. That is a um, lot. Yeah, yeah. Alex, what if what's the latest you've heard on the the Brooklyn and uh, uh, Ben Simmons talks? Similar things. Um, we obviously I heard that that uh, Maury had called last month to to Marks in uh, Brooklyn to ask about it. And he was shot down. That's why when you talk about panic earlier today, I was like, okay, Brooklyn's panicking. Last month they you know more made that call and they were like, oh, we're not getting rid of James Harden. And now a month and a, the night before the trade deadline, you're talking. That tells me that there there's something going on maybe internally we don't know about. Maybe it might be between Harden and Kyrie. Who knows what it is, but something is happening. And um, I think the momentum is going right now, um, right now. And I said earlier, you know, a couple of episodes back earlier this year, I talked about it. I was like, hey, Daryl Moy loves James Harden. James Harden loves Daryl Moy. I think this is a situation. They can do the trade now, or they can do the trade at the end of the year. But James Harden is going to Philadelphia. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, I don't, my only concern is if you're the owner of the 76ers, you're dealing with kind of a diva right now, potentially a diva in Simmons. Um, you know, he's saying his mental health issues. But James Harden fought and screamed his way out of Houston. 
And now he's looking like he's fighting and screaming his way out of Brooklyn. Uh, some of the things, you know, Brian Windhorst said a bunch of stuff. Uh, his action for those last 10 days are a threat to the Nets. Harden scored four points in 37 minutes in a loss and has not played since with that, you know, quote unquote injury. Uh, and he's saying that he's looking at every possible way to get out of Brooklyn. So as a 76er, <clears throat> kind of like what Tage is saying, like, you know, maybe the other trade was better. Like, do you really want to take on a superstar that is going to pout and complain and, and, you know, want to leave right when, it, you know, he doesn't get his way? Cause I don't know. But one thing I, the other thing I do want to throw out is that the conference, how much they've been shooken up with the Nets nine game losing streak. They're now in eighth place. So who does that affect? A team like the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets, who are the ninth team, would have to play the Brooklyn Nets in the play-in game. So it sucks for a team like that. Um, also, can we mention that quietly the Raptors are now moving up to up to the number six spot? Uh, a lot, you know, they kind of had struggles last year, and now they're all the way up to six. But but yeah, uh, if you had to put a percentage on it to, to wrap this all up, percentage that we see James Harden and Simmons traded, Tages, before the trade deadline. I'll say 40% just because I think it makes sense for both teams, but I think there's hard feelings between both teams and that they're both pissed at the tampering and what Alex was saying about kind of, or I think both of you guys about Maury just saying, I want to win here. I think that mentality of like, you know, I'm not going to sell the farm and give you maxi. And so it might be over something really stupid that breaks this trade down. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I feel like they're going to come back to a, a happy medium and make this trade happen. That's my thoughts, uh, Alex. What What do you? What about you? What percentage you put on it? If you asked me a, a day ago, I would have said it's less than ten percent. Um, I've just been hearing just just too many insides saying they're talking. They're lying, say they're not talking, but they are talking. I think it's fifty fifty right now. I think it's a toss up right now. I think. It's about it's going to come down to the trade deadline tomorrow. Who blinks first? Does Marks blink or does Maury blink? Does they just kind of go in and say, "Man, let's just get this taken care of and, and move on with our franchises"? Um, but I think it's about fifty-fifty. I think it's a coin flip right now. If uh, Simmons goes to the Nets, is that the least likable all time, least likable team of all time? And if if not, who who's up there in the Ooh, Mount Rushmore? at least likable teams with them. I, th- I feel like depending on who you're a fan of, you could, you could say like that piston team with Chauncey Billups and Ben Wallace, like in rip Hamilton, because that's like a, you know, that's a dirty, hard fighting, you know, blue collar team. And I would like, I would hate to be playing against that. Um, but in terms of like individual players, yeah, just in terms of like, well, I mean, Ky- so it's like Ky- you got Kyrie who's only playing half the games and is in his own <laughs> world, and you have Ben Simmons that you know is holding these grudges because he choked in the playoffs with everybody in the world, you know. And uh, you know, I, I Durant is someone you feel sorry for, you know, the guy gets hurt and then they lose 10 games without him. It's like you, he's probably pretty pissed that he has no help, but he's but that's it, he's never been like a super likable guy, he's always been a surly guy with his fake Twitter accounts, <laughs> you know, yeah. just, uh, always seems unhappy. So, so between the three of them. You know, I, I, Wait, I think that would be a and? super team of, of people I hate. Like, and so like the, the Miami hate Miami Heat, you know, when they first yeah, right after the decision. Yep. You know, I think they're in that totem pole. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, because I, I, 
I think it's even to me, it's even between Brooklyn and the Lakers. Like LeBron, I've never forgiven LeBron after the decision. I don't, I think I don't like AD. Um, I just don't, I just don't like the way he carries himself. And Russell Westbrook is just toxic. He's just, just, he's just cancer. But the other thing with Brooklyn, the other person, uh, I, I know a lot of people that just don't like Blake Griffin. Uh, people even love him or hate him. <laughs> yeah, that too, so. great, great role mm-hmm. players that are also hated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think, I think I give this one to the Nets. I think the Nets would be, yeah, no, you know what? With, with adding Simmons, it would be the most uh, annoying team to deal with. Patty Mills, uh, Patty Mills needs to go get a DUI or something, man. Oh my God. Australian beer just getting hammered. Uh, <laughs> James Johnson. James Johnson's a thug. Like people don't, some people don't like him. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that's that's who I pick, Alex. Man. <clears throat> oh, man. I, I'd probably go Lakers. I, I'd probably go Lakers is most unlikely because, I mean, it's the Lakers. It's like one of those yeah, Cowboy New York teams, the New York Yankees teams. It's like, you don't, you know the name, you don't like them. So the Laker thing already makes me uneasy right now, especially I got tons of Laker fans in my fans. I can't stand it, you know. But uh, and then the LeBron thing, you know, I don't hate him personally. You know, I'm not a person who hates a player, but even just seeing last night, just how they played, it just kind of like I just can't. I can't. I was like, you're losing. You're getting. You're sucking tonight, and you're making me hate you more because you suck more. So I'd say it's the Lakers for me. Oh yeah, you know what? I, I I changed my mind. I'm looking at the roster. Carmelo Anthony annoys me. Uh, Dwight Howard. Howard. Ever since ever since the dunk contest with the cupcake, I will never look at him the same ever again. That was the dumbest thing. I like I don't even like the dunk contest anymore because of that. DeAndre Jordan, his whole mini decision in Dallas when he was with the Mavericks, potentially leaving the Mavericks to go somewhere, and they had to go to his house and baby talk him to, to staying with the Mavericks. I think was how that went. I, I hate both teams. I'm just gonna. I just hate both of them. I'm not gonna pick anymore. Well, so, I mean, also taking the context, we haven't seen Simmons for like years. So who knows what emotions he'll bring up when we actually see the, see him in person again? Ben, by the way, Ben Simmons has been fined twenty million dollars this year for not playing basketball. So that's um, that's crazy. Uh, anyway, so let's let's wrap it up. Um, Next week, we'll come back and talk NFL, recap Super Bowl. Do a little, we'll probably recap the, the trade deadline, and then from there starts the NFL offseason, and then all chaos for all sports talk, and we'll just pretty much be talking whatever the hot topic is week by week. So, Alex, Tejas, is there anything uh, you're looking forward to watching this weekend? Any shoe drinking in the UFC? Is there anything else you're looking forward to watching specifically? Nah, I, I got nothing specifics, man. Super Bowl weekend, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the dogs. There you go, Alex. Before I get into that, one more weird prop bet because I love them. Cross sports prop, prop bet. Which will be higher, Cooper Cup's total receptions at the Super Bowl or the final U.S. gold medals in the 2020 Winter Olympics? Oh, U.S. gold medal, hands down. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cooper Cup is at minus 175 and gold medals at plus 145. So. Um, but I, I would love what, to like bet a ton of money on that, and then it's like the, the, there was this. A, the, I think it was like a snowboarder or something that like was was American, but she decided to compete for China, and like you lose on that, like you don't like she has two medals that you don't weird. get credit for or something like like that would so be like the best bad yeah. story at a bar. 
<laughs> like yeah. Amy Chan went China, or I would I would be so in money right now, man. These are the weird things people yell about, like at bars and stuff like that. That you will just never understand because there's so ridiculous. Oh yeah, how about uh, will any player propose to his girlfriend on the field after the game? It says girlfriend, you know, after that. Yes is plus four hundred. No is minus six. I feel like that's easy money. Uh, who who proposes at the Super Bowl? I've never like that. I think it's like a. It's like a college football thing. But anyways, let's wrap this up. Uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Please share, subscribe, uh, leave review. Check us out on our Facebook page, and we appreciate all the support. So we'll catch you guys next week, and hopefully you guys have a good one. And Joel watches your bowl and watch them do drinking beer out of a shoe. Enjoy it.